Hello everyone, I'm Ryan from Fireside Knicks with my friend and co-host Dylan Backer, and in today's video we're talking about kind of what the Knicks are going to do with Obi Toppin, because, you know, at last year's deadline there was some buzz about potentially moving him, um, you know, obviously they didn't end up doing that, right, um, and I think part of that was just they didn't have anyone to play the backup four spot, and, you know, Randall ended up getting hurt, so you actually ended up really needing Obi Toppin, uh, not just in the regular season, but in the postseason as well, so um, I think you could agree with me here where, you know, it's not bad that they didn't move him at the deadline. I think it was actually probably a net positive, but um, you know, looking into the offseason, right, there's now going to be opportunities to acquire that backup for and do so, you know, either before or after acquiring Toppin, whether that's uh, via trade or, um, you know, potentially through free agency. Obi Toppin was kind of a weird fit for this team. It's not like he played poorly, but his style of play doesn't really fit what this Knicks team needs at times. Um, and it's a little clunky. And in a sense, for Obi Toppin, you know, I think that there's still room for him to grow as a player. And I don't think that's going to happen in New York with the lack of shots and playing time that is available for him. He's just not a star level player. He hasn't. He doesn't space the floor as much as other guys can. Um, he's not going to get shots over guys like Quickly or Hart or Grimes or you know Barrett or Randall or Brunson. And you know when we're talking about a seventh or eighth option. Is, is that really the type of guy that, you know, can, is that really the situation where Toppin wants to be in or a situation that you're getting the most value out of Toppin? I don't think so. But with that being said, you know, Dylan, I want to kind of get your thoughts on this situation. How are you doing today? And, and, you know, ultimately, what do you think the future for Obi Toppin looks like in New York or is it elsewhere? Right. So first off, I'm doing good. You know, it's good to talk some Knicks, even though it's the offseason. I wish we could be talking about them in the finals right now, but unfortunately we aren't. That's just the reality. So we talk about this offseason stuff, but anyways, moving on to um, Obi Toppin, like you said, you know, his fit on the Knicks is a little weird, I agree, I mean, you know, his play style, you know, his, he's a rim runner, that's mostly his play style, and you know, we need shooters, and I know he shoots a little bit, but he's not very efficient shooting-wise, so, you know, that that's the reason he's not able to get as many minutes on the floor, and he's also not very good defensively. So that also hampers his ability to stay on the floor. And I, I know there are times that we question maybe Obi Toppin should have been playing in X situation or Y situation, but you know, at the end of the day, you're not gonna have him playing over an All NBA level player in Randall, whether you like Randall or not. You're not gonna do that. You know what I mean? And like at the deadline, it looked like they were going to trade uh, Obi Toppin. I honestly thought he was going to get traded. I was kind of shocked to see he was still suiting up in orange and blue after the deadline. But, you know, I was just whatever with it because we at least had a backup uh, power forward. Like you said, we didn't. We wouldn't have had one if we traded him away for nothing. So if you trade him away, you got to ensure that you're going to have a backup four. And it can't be like a Jericho Sims or anything like that because Jericho Sims, they tried to do a Sims and Hartenstein front court off the bench at one point when Toppin was hurt. And uh, that was not good. That was really bad. So I'm almost certain they will never explore that ever again. They will never try that again. They're going to actually try to get a versatile backup forward, one that can actually space the floor a little bit and play some defense, get some rebounds and all that stuff. But for Obi Toppin specifically, I think his future is elsewhere. I don't think he's going to be playing in the, in New York next year. I don't see it personally. Like if he is a Nick, it won't like necessarily surprise me too much. But at the same time, I feel like it would be better for both the Knicks and for Obi Toppin if they if they parted ways. Really, I think you could give Obi Toppin a better situation to you know get some playing time because obviously the guy wants to play. You know he's been pretty pretty clear about it. You can see with his body language on the court that he wants to get involved a bit in both the offense and of course just be on the court and play. Right. So if you send him elsewhere, 
you could give him a bigger opportunity to play something, you know, get more playing time and stuff like that. You can at least get something in return for him too, because uh, you know, if you don't trade him away, then whenever he hits free agency, he'll probably just leave because I I can't anticipate he would stick around if we're gonna keep you know like Randall around for as long as we are. So that being said, like. I think this would be a good opportunity to, to explore trade options for him. And I do feel like they're already doing that. Like, I feel like, you know, any trade that they propose, Obi Toppin is going to be one of the first names to come up. You know, I, I genuinely believe that because, like, he's an asset that they can definitely move. You know, teams are going to want him. He's an he's a eighth overall pick in 2020. He was That wasn't by accident. He was that good in college. He has the capabilities to be a really good power forward in the NBA. But I just don't know if the New York Knicks is exactly the right team for him. You know, that just, sometimes it's just not meant to be. Sometimes players need better situations to thrive, you know, and I don't think the Knicks is exactly the, the best place for Obi. And Obi seems like he loves being a Nick. It seems like he loves, you know, living in New York and having the New York, playing in Madison Square Garden for all of his home games, being in front of the fans and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, the guy does want to play basketball. So if he's not playing, of course, he's going to be unhappy with his role. And therefore, it might just be better if they split up a bit and just send him elsewhere so he gets a bigger opportunity what do you think about that I kind of want to hear your thoughts on it yeah you know one of the big things that I think you hit on there is just kind of I don't really feel like the Knicks are going to bring him back when he hits free agency right and you know not that you always have to get something back for a player you know you, sometimes you force you force yourself to make trades you probably shouldn't make and you know I understand that standpoint um but the Knicks need spacing, right? That's something the Knicks desperately need. Um, you know, and, and Toppin isn't a catch-and-shoot guy, right? Now, he's gotten better at it, and I want to make it very clear. I don't feel any, like, animosity towards Obi Toppin, anything in this. So I'm not implying that you were either, but, you know, like, I joke around and say, like, Cam Reddish. Like, you know, I, I joke about Cam Reddish at times, but, you know, this isn't a Cam Reddish situation. The dude genuinely tried to be a catch-and-shoot guy here, and, you know, that's just not something Obi Toppin should be doing, right? Um, and I think you and I can agree on that. It was a role a lot of desperation, right? And big thing, big picture thing here for Obi Toppin and for the New York Knicks. For Obi Toppin, I think this is just a better career move for him going forward. I think Obi Toppin could start somewhere, maybe on a team that's unproven or something like that. And, you know, I think for him at least, just figuring out if he can be a big piece in an offense or not is something he wants to know. And it's he's just not going to be to know it here, right? Uh, and that's not because the Knicks are poorly built or the Knicks are poorly ran, but because the Knicks aren't built to custom Obi Toppin, right? The Knicks drafted Obi Toppin with the idea that he was going to replace Julius Randle. Julius Randle then went on to go make two All-NBA teams, two All-Star appearances, and lead the Knicks in scoring, I believe, either all three years or two of those three years. Um, you know, and, and two of those three years, it wasn't like he just waltz onto the all-star team. The NBA is not a league where you can just kind of wake up and you can waltz onto the all-star team. It's very difficult to make the all-star team to go all NBA. Like a lot of people don't appreciate that enough just because he's failed in the postseason. Um, there are plenty of stars who have failed in the postseason and are making big time money in our key pieces. Look, if Joel Embiid requested a trade for the New York Knicks today, the New York Knicks are going to move heaven and earth to make that happen. Joel Embiid hasn't gone past the second round. Julius Randle and Joel Embiid are, have never gone to the Eastern Conference Finals, right? I just want you guys to think about that. And the Knicks would move heaven and earth, including Julius Randle, to get Joel Embiid on their team. And every fan in this, in watching this video, you know, if you know basketball, would step back and say, yeah, if the Knicks had Jalen Brunson and Joel Embiid, they'd immediately compete for a title. So, you know... I just want people to understand the magnitude as to how much better Julius Randle has gotten. And as you mentioned, it's so you can't just say, oh, they just play Toppin. You know, I don't want to call people out, but 
there are people on Twitter that I see, uh, and I'm not going to name names, but I, I think you know who I'm speaking of, uh, not just one person, but multiple, um, who have suggested that Julius Randle being here um, is a detriment, and that if you played Obi Toppin, the Knicks would do better in the postseason, or et cetera, et cetera. And to those people, watch basketball. Um, I beg you. Like, I, I, I'm not even trying to be, you know, I'm not trying to come off as condescending, but please learn the sport of basketball. Um, you don't really know what you're talking about if you think that the Knicks are a better team with Obi Toppin than with Julius Randle. Um, you know, and, and quite frankly, you shouldn't be allowed to, to host a podcast or, you know, write blogs if, if that's your opinion on the New York Knicks. Not that you should be allowed to, but no one should take it seriously. Um, you know, I know how to cl- clown around, so, you know, I don't take myself very seriously. Uh, but with that being said, you know, I kind of want to reel things back in a little bit here and spin this question back at you. You know, if you're trading Obi Toppin, right, you know, what do you think is the value you get back for him? I personally think you could do a one-for-one player swap where you trade Toppin. He's got a year left control for maybe a veteran who can space the floor on a team. You know, honestly, I'm just going to say, I think you could trade Obi Toppin for Alec Burks and I have to throw in much like trade compensation. And I'm saying Alec Burks, not just specifically, but that type of player where he's got one year left on his deal, veteran, can space the floor on a team that's unproven. You know, the, the Pistons have always loved taking in former first-round picks who have struggled with their team or don't have a role there. You know, if you look at James Wiseman, uh, Marvin Bagley, they have plenty of guys like that. So, you know, kind of want to get your take here. Like, what do you think the Knicks could get for Obi Toppin in a trade situation? Right, so before I get into it, I just want to say to everyone, Brian has a good article about why the Knicks should bring back Alec Burks, so I definitely recommend you guys check that out on EmpireSportsMedia.com. But anyways, to answer your question, you know, I, I agree. They could probably get, like, you know, a good one-for-one swap out of OB. I, if you're going to, you know, include OB in a package, you know, for, like, a bigger trade, it's going to include a lot more players. You're gonna, It's going to include more assets. It's going to include more picks. If you're exclusively looking to just like you know get a veteran like you said that can space the floor be a little versatile on on the defensive side you know make some plays here and there and stuff like that then yeah maybe a one-for-one swap is the most likely outcome for Obi, or even maybe just you trade him away for draft compensation or something like that it's not like he doesn't have any value it's just he unfortunately doesn't have a lot of value you know teams will see how he's how Obi performed as a starter and they'll be getting intrigued on that you know, he performed well as a starter. I think he averaged over 20 points as a starter and shot like close to 40% from three as a starter. So sometimes it just works out that way. Sometimes it doesn't. You know, it could just be, you know, a good week or it could, you know, actually be proven that like, okay, maybe if he does get playing time, he can actually be a good player. But unfortunately, with the Knicks, he won't really find that playing time, right? So therefore, if you trade Obi Toppin, you got to make sure you get it, you trade him for a player that will actually play for you. You don't want to just trade him just to have another guy only play five minutes. That would be kind of a waste. You know, like, I mean, we traded a first round pick for Cam Reddish. And I know we're talking about Cam Reddish again, but we did. We traded a first round pick for Cam Reddish just to not play him really at all. And then we played him and it wasn't working out at all. So unfortunately, that was a wasted first round pick. But thankfully, we were able to, you know, get Josh Hart in return for it eventually. So you know, we got lucky in that case that we were able to get something back. But with that being said, you know, if if you're going to include Obi Toppin in a package, it's going to include more assets. It's going to include key pieces. So if you're going to make a big trade and you want Obi Toppin to be involved, expect Obi to not be the only player involved. That's all I'm going to say. And not just the only player, but like you're going to see important players involved in that kind of trade. You know, if you make a splash trade for a superstar, that would probably mean you have to get rid of at least one of Randall or Barrett. And that could also possibly mean you have to move IQ or Grimes too, you know. So a lot of moves would have to be made. So they got to explore the trade options that that they can get for OB. Pretty much every option they can get, whether it's a one-for-one swap like you said 
or including him in a bigger package that involves some of our bigger players that do play a big role, but to get a more bigger superstar piece. It just depends what they feel like is the best best for both them, their team going forward and you know for the players going forward. It's just a matter of that. They'll have to explore as much as they can. What do you think about all that? Yeah, you know, I think that's actually a really good point you made about Reddish. You know, there was legitimate value for Cam Reddish, and not saying that, you know, Obi Toppin is going to get you a first-round pick, but, you know, Cam Reddish did go for a first-round pick, and I don't think the talent at gap in the production level at that point in their careers was that dramatic. I would ar- honestly, I'd argue that Obi Toppin has flashed more upside at this point in his career, um, but maybe that's a little bit of me factoring in a little too much his time with the Knicks, preferring to Reddish, of course, but, um, you know, I think Toppin's value in the market, especially as you mentioned, as a start of that sample size, definitely going to play to his, um, you know, things are going to play in his favor, um, and, and, you know, kind of and I, I really, it sucks that we're talking about trading Toppin from the perspective of, you know, it's a, he's a good dude who's played his role. He's clearly got good chemistry with the guys. It's just, it's a business. It's, it's a business. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's, it's either don't trade him and kind of let him go for nothing next year or trade him and try to improve your roster. Right. Um, and I think you can agree with me here. If the Knicks can get a four, a power forward who can space the floor, um, you know, play a little more of a defensive role, you know, kind of just be a three and D guy for them man, that bench gets a lot better, right? You think of just having a little bit more interior presence. You know, in, in that postseason series, you know, he was a tr- he feels like a traffic cone on defense at times when he's facing a really good offense. Um, and, and, you know, not not to get too hard on the guy, but, you know, if you're Isaiah Hardenstein, I think it'd be nice to have a battery mate um, who can run with you in the interior and, and cause some disruption. And, and, you know, to get a little more spacing from three, you know, Look, the closing lineup is something that the Knicks kind of had to force themselves into playing Hart every single time they closed, even when he was struggling. Um, And not saying that Hart is incapable of closing. I'm saying the opposite. I think he's more than capable. But if he's struggling, right, in a postseason situation, really, who did Tibbs have to turn to to kind of replace him in that closing lineup? There aren't a lot of options, right? You know, RJ Barrett stepped up. That kind of helped a little bit. But then Grimes was slumping and hurt. So so that kind of counteracted that. If you get a guy who can space the floor, now you can get a little creative. Say, all right, you know, Julius Randle, can you play a little more of the, you know, small forward role, kind of go a little bigger here based on the opponent, right? Maybe you're facing the Bucks or something like that and you want to get a little bit, uh, you know, have a little more size in there. Or, you know, situation, you're facing a smaller lineup. Maybe you're facing the Cavs. You don't necessarily need, um, you know, I'm using the Cavs and that's not a great example, actually. You're facing a team like, let's say, I mean, I mean, I think the Cavs are a good example from the standpoint of Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland are the two guys you're most worried about offensively. So on a defensive possession, you might want to get a little smaller, um, especially if you're up by three. But it allows you to play a little more situational basketball and gives you more options. And I think this team is best when they have just, you know, you can just play the hot hand at any given point in time. Um, and I guess kind of my last question here before I, you know, we wrap things up, um, you know, from the perspective of what you're looking for to replace Obi Toppin, like what I've mentioned a three and D guy a lot. Like, do you feel like that's a good type? Is, do you feel like that's the type of player that we can universally agree upon? Um, is the type of guy you're looking for to replace Toppin or is there a different type of player you have in mind or maybe a different perspective here? Right. So, you know, I actually do have a player in mind and you might hate me for this, but like, you know, we, we don't, we obviously have been clear. We don't want cat on the Knicks. Right. But let's say they were to pull the trigger and go get cat. If they can get Jaden McDaniels out of Minnesota too, that might be enticing. That might be enticing. I like Jaden McDaniels. I really like his defensive capabilities. He could play the power forward and small forward. He's versatile. I think he could be a good backup four, you know, or, you know, a backup three slash four for this Knicks team if they were to snag him. You know, I don't like, I feel like McDaniels is someone though that you're not going to be able to snag just straight up like in a one-on-one trade I feel like if he gets traded he would be included in a cat package so 
if the Knicks were to go ahead and get Cat, but they could go get McDaniel's, that might be that. Like I'll entertain that. I will entertain it. I don't. I've been pretty clear that I don't want Cat. You know, I don't. I don't want to shell out a bunch for Cat. But if they can snag McDaniel's as well in that trade, I'll be. I'll be at least entertained. I'll at least listen. You know, I'll. I'll give it some thought. You know, I won't just reject it right away. I, I, I thought I would make that a little clear. It's a pretty you know quick point that I just wanted to make. I mean, you know, I know McDaniels is not like necessarily a needle threader. You know, he's not someone that will make us insanely good. But I feel like you get more versatility out of your out of your uh, your backup four position. I definitely think that. I feel like he'd be a good fit for the bench. I mean, like I said, unfortunately, the only way we would probably be able to get him is if they made a trade for Cat. And as much as I do not want Cat. If we can, if they can get McDaniel's too, I'll listen. I will, I will listen to it. What do you think about that? I really want to hear what you think about it. Oh, I mean, Jaden McDaniel's would be excellent for this team. I wonder because he was a starter for the Timberwolves last year, like kind of how he would react to being a bench player. But um, man, that'd be really nice. I mean, arguably, you could say, all right, you know, maybe you move RJ to the two position. You say, all right, McDaniel's, do you want to play small forward for the New York Knicks? Maybe you could do that. That would be in a weird uh, put you that, in a weird spot. That works too. That would, that would, however, put you in a weird spot with your bench situation because you still don't have a direct backup to Julius Randle. But if you use the minutes right, you could pull McDaniels as the first guy to come out of that lineup and then have him come back in. Kind of like how they use Barrett, where Barrett's usually the first guy out and then the first guy back in with that second unit. You could try something like that. I think Thibodeau's smart enough to figure that out. But that would be a really interesting option. And I guess another guy I want to throw out there on the Timberwolves that, you know, um, he's he, not only has he kind of is he a veteran in the league, but he's also a guy who, you know, is kind of fits the backup role well and clearly has a really good right hook uh, and that'd be Kyler no he does he didn't punch Rudy Gobert the other way around but Kyle Anderson would kind of be an interesting bench player I guess if you if you want to kind of go you know grizzled veteran I feel like it's kind of a Tom Thibodeau guy because he's slow as hell too um you know just kind of a slow big moving around power forward doesn't he shoots a good percentage he's kind of like Josh Hart before he got here which was good percentage but not high volume so he's not really a floor spacer but you can't just leave him out there um but you know he's a defense guy who can shoot a little bit I wonder if that could be a fit and again there's clearly some friction between him and Rudy Gobert and I don't think the Timberwolves are going to be able to move off of Rudy Gobert and he's on a he's on an expiring deal at nine million dollars so if you're the if you're the Timberwolves you say all right maybe it's not for Obi Toppin directly because I feel like Obi for Kyle Anderson may not be the worst swap, but maybe you could get more for Toppin, or maybe you can get more draft capital. We know how the Knicks love their draft capital, but could you say, "Hey, here's a, like two second rounders. Do you want Kyle Anderson, or do, can I get Kyle Anderson?" They might say yes to that. So, you know, we're speculating a little bit here, but I think Jaden McDaniels would be like, that'd be like, my yeah, and like you know, God. like I just want to add to like Jaden McDaniels would be the guy, but like I said, unfortunately, if he gets moved, it would likely only be in a cat package. I don't think Minnesota is just going to part ways with just him. I feel like they will, you know, look for a package deal so they can get more assets out of it. So as much as I do not really want Cat, we've been pretty clear about it. We don't want Cat. But I will entertain something a little bit if they will if they're willing to include McDaniels in a deal. I will listen. I will listen. I won't hang up the phone right away. I'll listen. Doesn't necessarily mean I'll definitely be like, yes, let's do it right now. Let's let's go get Cat and McDaniels. No, I'm not saying like definitely one hundred percent, but I will at least listen. I will listen. Because he's an intriguing option for me, so that's all I just wanted to say about that. Because I don't want I don't want people to think that I'm like pro cat here. I just yeah, want we're, people we're, to realize exactly we're we're very far from pro cat. We don't really want him, but we if we're willing to, if they're able to get this piece in this in a hypothetical trade for cat, I'll listen. I'll give it I'll give it some thought. I will give it thought. And people may call me crazy for it, but 
I think it could be worth it if they really think about it. Yeah, no, for sure. And end of the day, like I, I, I think that getting creative with the power forward position again, they could definitely do something where they have like a guy who's more of a uh, who could play the three and then sub back in as the four later in the game and kind of let RJ be more of a permanent starter and just have him play more of a traditional starter role. Maybe that could work for them. Um, and considering the scoring they could have off the bench with quickly um, taking on a bigger role, you don't really feel like you may need RJ Barrett as much with that second unit. But that's a wait and see situation. Definitely a lot of speculation going into the offseason. But with that being said, guys, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We appreciate you guys checking us out. Make sure you guys check us out on twitter instagram facebook and tiktok and of course this youtube page you guys can check us out on apple podcast or on spotify and of course you guys can check out our personal twitters they're above our heads we, we really appreciate you guys tuning in turn on post notifications so you guys know the next time we come out with a podcast and we'll see you guys on the next episode peace out